He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Welcome, everybody, to the Anthony Irwin Show. I'm Anthony Irwin. Uh, today, joined by a good buddy of mine, uh, somebody who I go as far back in this industry with as just about anybody that I have I have ever, especially had on the show. He's making his uh, he's making his return, his triumphant return to the show, uh, because you know, for in no small part because Russell Westbrook is still um, a Laker, but uh, <laughs> Philip Barnett, how are you doing, buddy? Um, I mean, in life, I'm doing great. Um, as a Lakers fan, I could be doing a whole lot better. And as a Russell Westbrook fan, who's also a Lakers fan, I am miserable right now. So, you know? Um, so that's where I, I wanted to start the, the conversation there. And, and, mm-hmm. um, I try to, I try to remain as like fair as possible i'll get my jokes off and stuff like that but i try to remain as fair and i try to offer up as much context on 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 criticism of russ of the lakers as i as i can um but still like he makes it really difficult sometimes to just be fair (laughs) and they make it really difficult at all times to just be fair um heading into the season did you want the lakers to trade russell westbrook as a as a Russell Westbrook fan, as the as the Russell Westbrook stan, did you uh-huh. did you want him still on the Lakers? Um, the the answer is a little complicated because most of the rumored trades he would be sent to destinations in which I wouldn't <laughs> have been happy with. I mean, he like, wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna, he's not gonna stay in like Indiana. They aren't gonna keep no. him there. Yeah, but um, like it's just like imagining Russ in Utah. You know, like that, that it's not fair to anyone involved, you know, um, and, and especially considering like the contention and like some of the challenges that he has had personally. Yeah. In that city, in, in, you know? yeah. Um, I, I can't remember all of the other teams, but like Indiana, it's just like it's a boring move, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember there was a East Coast team, maybe Charlotte. I, I, I would have been happy with the Charlotte trade. Yeah. Um, because it's a fun young team to where like he can like provide some guidance to like a lot of the young players there um but also like you know russell westbrook and then a struggling team that like has the potential to make the playoffs um has been a good recipe for success um in recent years like we saw that with um washington Mm -hmm. Um, we saw him like kind of take things over down the stretch um in houston when james harden was hurt um and kind of lead that team there um, and then, like, his last couple of years in, in Oklahoma City, like, those are teams that, like, should not have been in playoff contention. Um, and, and he still found ways to, like, win with them. Um, obviously, this is a much older Russell Westbrook, um, and this is a lot less efficient of a person um, because of his diminishing athleticism. Um, so regardless of where he is, there were going to be challenges. But um, um, I would like to see him in a place in which, one, you know, the, the media coverage isn't going to be, like, so over the top with every miscue. Um, yeah. Because there are going to be a lot of miscues with his style of play, and there always have been. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, 
a place to where like selfishly like I can enjoy the team that he's on, you know? Yeah. And, and so every rumor that was over the summer, like I didn't really feel like it was a team that I could enjoy watching him play basketball on. Um, right now, like I'm seeing like um, like rumors in Miami. Like to me, that feels fun and it feels right, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a team towards like there's a lot of non-shooters on that team already, you know. Like <laughs> Jimmy Butler is a terrible three-point shooter. Yeah. Unless it's like you know the everywhere uh, but the playoffs. Yeah, the second round of the playoffs, he ought to, he's shooting forty-five percent <laughs> somehow. But um, but it's also like a place towards like um, Pat Riley knows how to build a team around the stars, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and Pat Raleigh knows how to put people in position to su- put players in position to succeed. And Eric yeah. Spolstra is a hell of a coach who has done wonders with next to nothing at times. Um, and, and so I think that Russ was, has always wanted people around him who don't put up with bullshit. Like, yeah, he. I think he he and Frank Vogel didn't really get along very well because Frank Vogel is like incessantly positive, like just yeah. always. And, and if he's asking him to do something, it's kind of like that guy from Office Space, that really annoying manager yeah. who's always walking around like, hey, uh, you know, what would be great is, and, you know, it's they're the worst kind of manager because you're like, dude, yeah. just, just say, what do I need to do? Yeah, just Get away from right. my cubicle. Just just <laughs> tell me what I need to do. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I think with Pat Riley, with Eric Spolstra, that culture of, of, no, this is what we're expecting of you. Kyle Lowry, you are not allowed to be round anymore. If you're going to be in with the Miami Heat, we are expecting you to be in shape. Yeah. Um, I think he would, he would benefit from that, <laughs> Russ would. It, although it could also go terribly <laughs> as, as like two kind of alpha personalities are, mm-hmm. are just screaming at each other. <laughs> like, yeah. like, that could be an outcome yeah. as well. Yeah, but like... Well, what what I do think um, would work is it, it does seem that like both like Jimmy Butler and Russell Westbrook are those kinds of personalities towards mm-hmm. like, you know, like I am a natural born leader and like I expect things done the right way. But they're yeah. also the kind of people who respect people or, yeah. or who respect those who have like clear boundaries or clear expectations of like um, what they expect on the court. And I think like one of the biggest challenges for Russ is that there are no clear expectations of him on the court right now. Mm. Um, you know, one day it's like, we need you to go out there and be a facilitator. The next day we want you to stand in the corner. Um, you know, it's just like, there, there's no real clear definition of what his role should be right now. Um, I actually, and, I actually okay. think it, it's, it's even, I agree with that, but I actually think it's more of a, a human element challenge with him and LeBron where mm-hmm. LeBron is very passive aggressive, you know, mm-hmm. he like, so I thought it was a perfect example of why LeBron and Russ haven't worked as like a pairing of people, not basketball players, but like he was asked about Russ taking that mm-hmm. God awful two for one mid range jumper. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and like, instead of, instead of saying, you know, I think we just got to work and get a better shot there. We have to have a better understanding of the situation, whatever. Because I think that's the kind of leader that Russ would kind of prefer is somebody who just says, yeah. ah, I don't, I'm not sure about that one. Um, LeBron did the whole, oh, you could try to get me to say something negative about about Russ, but I'm not that kind of guy. And I'm not going to mm-hmm. like lay, you know, I'm not going to run this guy over with a bus. But you kind of just did, LeBron. 
Like you, yeah. you kind of sort of just did. You, you, if if you actually supported the decision, you would have said, "Well, look, he was looking to get us an extra possession there. Um, no, no matter what, we were going to have to get a stop against Portland. So why not have the ball on the other side of that stop, regardless of of the situation? Like there are there are explanations for mm-hmm. what Russ might have been thinking in that spot, but. LeBron didn't go there. Russ did. Russ did explain it. He said, yeah, it was a two for one. I was trying, I was trying to get us an extra possession. I don't think you needed the extra possession because you were mm-hmm. ahead. But but there was like there was logic. There was reasoning to it. And by that yeah. time, I think Russ and LeBron would have spoken about it. So the fact that LeBron didn't bring it up was very interesting to me. And, and, mm-hmm. and I think kind of highlights why Russ and LeBron haven't worked together as a pair of leaders. I think Le- They've always needed a more hands-on approach to the uh, approach to the situation, and that's not LeBron. That's not how he operates. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I I thought that um, that whole um, interview with Bron was a little bit interesting because it's like, regardless of the decision, regardless of how you feel about the decision, there there's an underlining assumption that like any conversation that comes out of it is negative, you know? Mm. And it's like, you want me, you, you, you're trying to get me to say something negative towards like, they're just asking you a question. And so like, <laughs> right. like, like, like we you're, again, read, he's like, saying yeah. it without saying it. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, read between the lines there. It's like, no, like internally, you feel like the only response you have to this could be negative. So exactly. you respond to it. Um, but yeah, it, 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 there, there, there are way too many challenges um, on this team right now, and, and I understand that Russell Westbrook, not necessarily even him as a basketball player, but like what he represents, like in terms of salary cap, in terms of like the players that were exported to bring him in, in terms mm-hmm. of like the players they could not bring in over the summer because of how they were handcuffed by the salary cap, um, the the coaching decisions that were made by Vogel last year. Um, that the front office that kind of put this team together, like Russell Westbrook in and of himself, isn't necessarily the largest problem, but like because he exists on the team, yeah, there are a whole host of other problems that the team cannot get around right he's, now. He's like the starting point of a lot of the mm-hmm. problems, but he's not the problem, you Correct. know, like it, yeah. the, he's it's 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 kind of like. You know, you have kids, I have kids, right? Yeah. And and a lot of times, you know, there are things that need to be done around the house. There are things that I would like to do with my free time and stuff like that. And it's just mm-hmm. like, I'm not blaming Avery and Miles for the fact that I can't do those things. It's just that because they are there, it makes it more difficult to do those things. Yeah. So it'll come off as me saying like, God, I, I wish I could golf more. I just hate my kids because I can't golf more. And it's like, no, it... I love my kids. I love, you know, I, I've loved watching them grow up, but there is opportunity cost to having kids. And I think here with Russ, yeah. it's like there's this opportunity cost to having Russ on the team. And that's why, you know, I it's it's so frustrating to see the way that in like I analyzing conversations online is kind of it's 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 always yeah. It, it it's it's an impossible task because the conversation I'm seeing isn't the conversation you're seeing, and then mm-hmm. you know I'm bringing certain things into my reading of the conversation that you're not necessarily. But but I just think a lot of the conversation about Russ now misses the point entirely. Where mm-hmm. you know ex players Charles and Reggie, those guys are are, are claiming that Russ is being scapegoated, and mm-hmm. then you know. 
the people who are anti-Russ in this are saying, uh, you know, he's the problem. Like he, they are actually scapegoating mm-hmm. him, but like that middle ground is, this is just, it's, it's never, if it was going to work, there's a certain way that it was going to look if it was going to work. And if it wasn't going to work, and this was exactly what I told, I think Jovan Buha was on the show right after the trade. And I told him, mm-hmm. if this doesn't work, there is no out. There's no yeah. flexibility here. And and I think that was the thing that I was the most nervous about at the time of the trade. And if it wasn't going to work, it was going to be ugly because Russ does nothing quietly. He either succeeds incredibly loudly or he fails incredibly loudly. And and this has been a really loud failure from him and everybody involved. And yeah. and you know, it it's I feel I feel terrible for the guy for the for the for the person because he seems like mm-hmm. an altogether decent person, good father, good husband, never had legal issues, never you know never even like said the offensive thing that makes him the 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 center of attention online. He's he seems like an altogether decent dude. Um, he just approaches the sport in a way that I disagree with. You know I mm-hmm. I, I don't. It's it's a it's an approach that some people, yourself included, really really like. But it like for me, there's there's parts of it that 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 make me question whether it's going to work. And and here at the end of his mm-hmm. career, I it's tough. I I try to keep it as not personal as possible, and I think it's fairly easy because he is as, as decent a human being as he is. But a lot of the criticism is going to come off as personal because. Because he is the starting point of a lot of those problems, like you just mentioned, it makes yeah. it really difficult to. So, like for, from your perspective, that's why I asked if you if yeah. you wanted him on the Lakers still. Because I think if if he if he leaves the Lakers, he's removed from that conversation in a way that we can just kind of focus on the last couple chapters of his career. So, yeah. like I, I've always thought that if I was a Russell Westbrook fan, that's what that's my preferred outcome here. Um, regardless of where he winds up, because it can't be much worse than it is right now. It get, yeah. I, I don't know if it can possibly get worse unless he's just out of the league, which is the next mm-hmm. thing I was going to ask you about. We saw the end of Iverson. You know, yeah. we saw him refuse to come off of the bench. We saw him refuse to adapt to a sport that was, you know, moving in a certain direction. Um, he, when he was at his best as a defender, he was uh, he was not as detrimental because when he would go for steals and stuff, he would actually get the steal. But then eventually over the course of his career, the defense got way worse really quickly because the, the approach wasn't there. And then he was just gone. And yeah. then there was the end of his career. And I, I keep I, – I hope I'm wrong, but I feel like that's how this might go for, for Russ. What, is there a way that we can avoid that, do you think? Um, probably, um, right now I don't necessarily see, um, say there's a trade that happens this year. I don't necessarily see him being out of the league this year if he's traded, you know, Mm -hmm. um, one that's a lot of money to just like, I'm going to shed right now because I just cannot have this person on my team. Mm -hmm. And then two, like his contract is off of the books at the end of this year. So it doesn't, it doesn't make basketball or financial sense, um, to just like, completely shut him down if he's traded this year you know mm-hmm. he, he he is still um right now we're watching um a former superstar 
come to terms with the fact that he isn't the player who he was before. And we're seeing this happen on... Or refuse is... to come to those terms. Yeah. Like, I, I, yeah. Think... <laughs> so, I, I, I think that's fair. Um, I, I think that's fair. Um, but we're also watching this happen on what is maybe the largest like national stage in the sport. Um, and we're watching it happen alongside one of the most prolific players to ever play the sport. Um, yeah. During the twilight of his career as well. And so like there, there's a culmination of things to where it fit like Russell, Res Russell Westbrook struggles feel a lot worse than what they actually are um, because of the situation that he's in. If he's yeah. not playing against, if he's not playing with LeBron James in the last few years of LeBron James season, we're not having conversations about Russell Westbrook not being in the league. Yeah. If he, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. If it's not on the Lakers, we're not having these conversations about him not being in the league. You know, like we're, we, we've still seen a couple of flashes of like him being able to get to the rim at will. Um, like there, there were a couple of times last night in the Portland game to where like he took Russ off the dribble. Um, in the first half, he like he got to the rim like three positions in a row. He missed two of the layups. One of them was a clear foul that wasn't called, but the other one's like, Russ, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. um, um, like he still has those abilities. And then what we have been seeing also, um, what really stood out to me in the um, the Clippers game in, in stretches, um, maybe toward the end of the first quarter, early second quarter of the Portland game was like, he's found a really, really good rhythm with Anthony Davis. Mm. Like when, when you have Russ and AD in those pick and rolls, like there there've been either um, shots attempted at the rim or finding wide open three point shooters. Um, somebody like pulled the numbers. Like I had tweeted, like, what are Russ and LeBron's assist opportunities in this game or for the season or something like that? It was like, one, if guys are hitting shots, we're yeah. not having a conversation about how dire this, this season is right now, you know? Right. And, and Russ obviously is shooting abysmally, but he's also only taking shots in which he's absolutely wide the hell open and it make it doesn't yeah. make sense not to take those shots so he's it not actually taking... puts you in a worse spot if he doesn't take those shots yeah yeah so he's only taking shots in which he absolutely has to he's he hasn't at least three pointers he hasn't taken in anything in which i felt was egregious yet this year they're going to come they are they're absolutely going to come but yet so far this year from what i've seen um he hasn't taken a three where it's like jesus what the fuck are you doing oh sorry <laughs> I, i'm not sure if i can curse or not um but 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 again, like harken back to the point, like him and AD have found an incredible rhythm right now. Um, when they're on the floor together, with or with or with or without LeBron, like when they're running those pick and rolls, I, I'd say eight out of ten times a good shot is coming from those sets. Mm -hmm. um, secondarily, like last year, I think the biggest issue with Russ was his turnover issues. This year, like turnovers are down forty percent. Um, which yeah. is crazy to say, like mm -hmm. how, how you can have a 40%, especially drop given off. Russ, yeah. like given yeah. how Russ operates, mm -hmm. that's, yeah. you know, he's, he's paid the creativity tax over the course of his career about as much as anybody. Yeah. And for him to limit mm -hmm. it. Yeah. I, I, that's, yeah. that's, that's the other frustrating thing too, that I, especially yeah. if I was a Russell Westbrook fan, like that would drive me insane. Is like Russ in terms of just basketball hasn't been the problem. He's suffered. He he hasn't played perfect. For me, I mm -hmm. think everybody's bar for him is a little too low. Um, you know where yeah. where where 
people are like, well, Russ has been fine. And it's like, yeah, but he's also shooting like 20% from the field. So I don't know if yeah. we can say he's fine if he's shooting that poorly. But, no. but like, it's just, it, it all goes back to what we talked about a second ago. It's 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 the starting point. It's it's opportunity cost here. Every time mm-hmm. he's yeah. brought up, it's if he was if he was. So this is I think this is eventually going to happen this year, where mm-hmm. I think he, he's eventually mercifully going to be traded right for yes. everybody involved. Eventually, it's going to happen. I I, I have maintained as and anybody who's listened to this or followed me on Twitter. I think he should have been traded three months ago. But regardless, it's going to happen at some point. And it's going to, I'm, I'm already predicting this. The conversation after he gets traded and then eventually bought out and he goes to some team where he's essentially a minimum contract and he plays a role that comes with being essentially a minimum contract, people are going to say, oh, wow, what, did the, what were the Lakers doing wrong? And it's like, mm-hmm. well, the Lakers had him at $47 million. And this team has him at about $3 million. And yeah. if you can build out your roster with Russ on it at $3 million, it presents a better situation for him. And and the Lakers are going to be blamed for it. And and once again, it's just going to like miss the context on, on how all of this goes. Yeah. But I do think, like to get back to the point that you were making, I think it's a really important one. I do think there is, you know, there is one more thing, two more things technically, but... One more thing with Russ still on, you know, active on the team that the Lakers can do that put him in the best position and it's bring him off the bench, have Mm -hmm. him sub in for LeBron and then run him with AD and a couple other shooters out there. And that means Russ can be Russ. And those units now have more of more of an engine and a rudder than they have so far with Kendrick Nunn, who's who's played really poorly. Yeah, the problem there is that every time you mention coming off of the bench, Russ grabs his hamstring. So I... <laughs> <laughs> hey, the day after the hamstring injury, like, one, one, he did it during a preseason game. Like, Russ, if you're going to pull this, like, do it during the regular season. Like, <laughs> like He has and- also got to talk to a camera person. Hey, I'm going to pull up lame here. Make sure you get make sure you get a clip of me clearly pulling up lame and limping to the locker room because right now mm-hmm. none of that n- none of that 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 uh, video mm-hmm. exists. Yeah, yeah. I like as big a Russ fan as I was, like I could not help but just like laugh at that BS. Like really, come on, come on Russ. Like yeah, like it, it's one thing to like. All right, if you fake the injury, like fine, that that's cool. You don't have to play the rest of the game in which you came off the bench. But, like, to say coming off the bench was the cause of it, it's like, oh, all right. <laughs> but regardless, like, so so for me, like, I don't disagree that he, him coming off the bench probably, I'm not, I'm not going to say that it's going to help the team, but it's going to help optics, I think, mm-hmm. um, for a fan base that, like, is generally, um, like, 99.9% unhappy with this individual basketball player. Um, mm-hmm. Me being that zero point one percent, but 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 there there are a couple of things that like I do have questions about like for both you and like the rest of the fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, the first being um, 
if you look up and down the roster right now, there's one person who is shooting 40% from three, and then mm-hmm. everybody else who's taken at least five shots from deep this year is shooting 25% or, or less. You know, yeah. So are we having the same conversation surrounding Russ if those same assist opportunities turn into buckets in the Clippers game and in the Blazers game? Probably they probably not. have a win or two. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 if this team shoots 30% from deep, they're probably to win one right now, you know? And, and so, yeah. so, so that's the first caveat because like Russ is creating a tremendous number of wide open looks and, and to be completely like fair, a lot of those wide open looks are also because the defense generally understands that this team is shooting poorly and is not closing out as hard as they probably would on a team against a team like the Warriors or anyone else who, Pretty much any other team, because every other team shooting better than them right now, and yeah. pretty much every other every team, team in the history of basketball, of basketball shooting. has shot better than this. Team. Um, yeah. Um, um, and then the second question that that I have, um, and, and this is largely like a more season long thing, is like, what is the one trade surrounding Russell Westbrook that turns this team around? Because right now, like, there's the Indiana trade where you bring in Buddy Hield and Miles Turner. Mm-hmm. Um, and possibly Daniel Tice. Okay, and possibly yeah. Tice. Like, okay, whatever, Tice. Yeah, um, this is contract. Yeah, so um, one, that Buddy Hill maybe elevates us from, like, 21% to, like, oh, maybe 27% from deep <laughs> as just a team. 27, you, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, okay, there's that. Um, but Buddy Hill traditionally is not a great defender. Um, he is also undersized on a roster full of a number of undersized guards Mm -hmm. um one of which who is hurt um and i do think that schroeder will help this team um uh and then um turner who the lakers are obviously in need of another big um Mm -hmm. with the injuries um gabriel not being ready um and who jones uh, hasn't been good yeah jones Jones is like yeah yeah, so like, yes, that's a trade. LeBron that got like, pissed at Jones. You don't see that very often. But yeah. Jones wasn't in like position to to, to catch a pass that clearly yeah. would have created a bucket. And you mm-hmm. know, I it was wild to see him like go, like, and he, he did it in a very LeBron way because he's like mm-hmm. facing away this way, you know. And he's pissed. <laughs> he's like talking over his shoulder, <laughs> you know. It yeah. was incredible. It was so perfectly LeBron. But yeah, yeah. It, I, but, I just but like. That's the trade. That's a, like to answer your question. That's the trade I think really helps the Lakers. Yeah, but like, what, what does help the Lakers look like? Like right now, they're zero and three. Um, two of the losses, understandable. The Warriors and the Clippers, the two teams expected to be atop the Western Conference, mm-hmm. um, if everyone's healthy. Um, the Blazers, they started out three and zero. I think they're playing well above um, what they're going to end up. Where, where they'll end up finishing toward the end of the season um, with the roster that they have. Um, Lillard, 41 points in consecutive games. Can't do anything about that. But, like, mm-hmm. I, I just don't see Heald and Turner making that big of a difference to this team towards, like, the, like are, are we looking at a 500 team? Are we looking at a play-in team? Are we looking at, like, uh, four through six seed? Like, like what, is that, what does that trade do for this team? Um, in your opinion. Yeah, I, so, well, I want to answer the first question first, because that's a part of the, the, the analysis here, right? And 
like obviously if the Lakers were making if they weren't the worst shooting team in the history of basketball, we're having a very different conversation right now. I I personally I don't know if I would be having that that different a conversation because a lot of the issues would still be there and mm-hmm. like you know like defensively I, I'm surprised that the Lakers defense has been as effective as it's been. Um, yeah. and I think yeah, that's been all. like surprisingly like I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say they've been good, but they've been um the effort on that side of the ball. Yeah. Like just having some like a symbiance of effort contributes to a, a certain volume of stops. And at this, at this stage of the season, season, that's really yeah. all you need. It's just like mm-hmm. try. That was that was what was yeah. so annoying about last year's team. It yeah. was like they started the season not caring. <laughs> yeah, and, they, and, and I think that was like one of the biggest points of the conversation that I had with you last year was like, everyone's like, well, Russ isn't getting it done on the offensive end and he's not trying on the defensive end. And it's yeah. like, well, have you watched LeBron play? Like, yeah. he, he also does not give a single solitary fuck yeah, care. Yeah. yeah, you know, like he, he just didn't give a shit about yeah. that side of the ball either last season. Um, And, and it was like, and and it wasn't it wasn't one of those things where like he was like trying to hide it and like pretending like like it was blatantly obvious. Remember like, like late Kobe and like yeah. his trying was pointing at like who needs to be defending, right? Because then you'd be like, hey, at least Kobe knows like that somebody needs to get yeah. over there. LeBron was just like, ah, shit. Oh, yeah, I, I remember like a specific <laughs> game where like it was clearly Kobe's assignment, and he's just like yelling at Jeremy Lin like. <laughs> Like I have, I like the vivid, like it, the memory of Kobe, like just like getting into Jeremy Lin on like not covering his assignment. He was like he it. liked yelling at Jeremy Lin because <laughs> there was also like... the time that Jeremy Lin wasn't fouling and Kobe like oh, yeah, they, yeah. they needed to foul <laughs> and Kobe was just like foul. But yeah, I miss mm-hmm. Kobe. But but so, but yeah, I, I so part of this is is that like them shooting as poorly as they have highlights like. Let's see. I'm trying to think of if the problem with the Lakers was give a fuck, right? If the problem with the Lakers right now was something that like Russ is actually good at, then we we'd be having a different conversation about Russ because the things Mm -hmm. that he is is good at are, are, you know, he's showing that he cares more because he is so athletic because he does. Put, like when he has the ball, he does push himself really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that the Lakers are struggling with something that Russ is not good at compounds the conversation that we're having about Russ, right? Yeah. The Lakers are shooting poorly and Russ isn't a good shooter. Therefore, the loudest bad shooter on the Lakers right now is Russ. Um, and and I think like that's part of the issue here. And, you know, the Lakers shooting this poorly doesn't highlight the thing that Russ is good at, right? Which is creating opportunities. And the fact that those opportunities don't matter makes it so that you get back to like, well, they don't matter because the Lakers tried to build a roster out with Russell Westbrook's contract on the books. And that was really difficult, right? And and you can still kind of chart this back. Um, I So I do think that a Turner slash heel trade makes the Lakers a lot better. And I think the Lakers would get better on their own because they aren't going to shoot this poorly for the remainder of the season. And I Hopefully. think, 
I well, yeah. I mean, poor Raj. Poor Raj keeps asking that on the on his post game shows. Like, they can't be that this bad, can they? And it's like, well, yeah. it's technically possible, but but like I I think the 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 Indiana trade to me um, gives them the best shooter they've had since LeBron has been a Laker and healed, mm-hmm. and shooting really matters with LeBron. It gives them the best front court mate that AD will have ever played with uh, since he got there yeah. um, other than LeBron. And, and like, I think, and in, in theory, um, Turner alleviates, because right, right now, like we were just talking about the defense. The reason the defense is what it is because Anthony Davis has been incredible. Yes. Like, phenomenal. Yes. He has been an absolute alien on that side of the court. And, uh, I don't think it's sustainable. So, like, part of the reason why I, I, I think not, not like, not even necessarily. That I don't think AD is capable of doing this. I'm just concerned about the wear and tear it puts on his body yep. to do this. And so, I think Turner helps with that. And I think Buddy Heald shooting alleviates some of the pressure from LeBron because you can run sets that that you know you can run him around screens. LeBron can just kind of stand there at the top of the key with the ball. While Heald runs around and gets open after a few screens, that yeah. might make life a little easier on him. Um, and and it helps. Like the, the problem that I've had with the way that the Lakers have built their roster the last few years is I just think they've they've completely misunderstood the goal of all of this. Where you need to optimize LeBron and AD. Your your team is built around those guys. The best version of your team is going to be the best version of those guys. Yep. And this idea that like they keep having to they they keep trying to find creators around those guys that's not how you optimize LeBron specifically, and and getting finishers rather than you know igniters for mm-hmm. for LeBron yeah. um, that that's the point that should have been the point all along so I, I do think mm-hmm. it does help them quite a bit, um, and it, it it doesn't even necessarily have to do with Russ specifically he's just the contract. He's yeah. the contract that, and if he goes to Indiana, gets bought out, and goes to some other team and succeeds, I would say cool. Like that's that's that. I'm glad that there's a happier end to the story here. Uh, but but I I just don't. The part of this too that I wanted to actually talk to you about because I, I've always really liked the way that um, you look at like the human part of 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 this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I thought last night that that mid range jumper that he took signaled to me. Uh, not 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 phoning it in because I don't think Russ is capable of just like phoning it in, but mm-hmm. it signaled to me like, and it made me wonder why should Russ care about wins on a team that everybody knows is just waiting for the right offer to come along, you know? Yeah. And 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 like that's the part of this that I have fought with the most and and gotten the most annoyed at is like everything that Rob Polinka does he looks at it as if it's happening in a vacuum and that's not how basketball works. It's, it is very connected. It's a, it's a food uh, recipe. And, um, you know, this notion that everybody can just kind of make do and, and pretend that they like each other until the trade finally happens is fine in a vacuum. It's fine on video games, but that's not how this works. And I, I find myself like, if I'm one of Russell Westbrook's teammates, how can I get myself to like commit to what is best for the Lakers until we know what the roster is actually going to look like? I actually know who I'm riding with here. Yeah. And if I'm Russell Westbrook, why do I care 
about what Darvin Ham is telling me to do because I'm looking around the league at where I might be going next if I ever become a free agent. Yeah. Um, and that's like that's the part of this that I, I really wanted to ask you about um, most is like, am I overreading? Is it as simple as just like everybody's just got to be professional? Or, or do you think that is a factor here in, in, in the potential ignorance on how human beings operate? Um, I, I think it's probably a little bit, a little bit of both. Um, I don't think it's like, I, I don't think it's so bad to the point where it's like, Russ is in his mind to like, why should I care? You mm-hmm. know? Um, cause like, if you think about like what he's had to endure over this last season and a half, you know, it, it's not just the losing and it's not just like coming home and losing, but mm-hmm. it's also like you're coming home and the fan base of the team in which you grew up lo- losing has turned against you. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Everybody in Los Angeles wants you gone. Yeah. You're home and everyone wants you gone, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so there there's there's definitely i think there's definitely like a huge mental element to it to where like it's difficult for you to go to work every day and feel like you're your absolute best um and and feel like what you're contributing like has like meaning meaning like beyond like the points and assists and rebounds that are tallied um over the course of the 48 minutes but like when you're thinking about like all right russ probably understands that like he's going to be gone you know um but he's also a human who like just like the rest of us like wants their mental health to be like right wants their like day to day to be like as easy as smooth and as smooth as possible and for him to like go about like his day to day um as efficiently and as as happy as possible like it helps for him to like be on a team that's winning and and like those conversations surrounding him dissipate when the when the team wins you know yeah like i i know he has to understand that like last night the conversation is largely around him because of that one shot mm-hmm. um like we we can look at well, the, last the other two... 14 he missed like yeah but like <laughs> i can't help the... myself I'm sorry. <laughs> but i mean the rest of the, the the whole team shot six for 33 no i know you know i know what I, I yeah um, and, and so like you you look at the um late game execution you know there, there's the one glaring Russell Westbrook shot, which everyone is talking about mm-hmm. and which everyone should be talking about, understandably. Like, it, it, it wasn't the smartest decision to be made at that point in time. Mm-hmm. But um, LeBron was see. also driven by on the game-winning bucket. Yes. Yeah. Like LeBron, was driv- <laughs> yeah. LeBron was driven by on the game-winning bucket. The Lakers are up, um, what is it, one? Um, with the ball on Damian Lillard's hands, how do you allow... Damian Lillard to touch the ball in that situation, considering the number of times he has torched the Lakers yeah. over the last, what, eight to 10 years, the yeah. number of times he's torched the entire league over the course of his career in these particular moments. Like, you just cannot allow him to touch the ball in that moment. Yeah. Even if he does touch the ball, send three guys at him, make someone else beat you right. in that moment. But mm-hmm. also, like, there's a Lonnie Walker, um, Anthony Davis pick and roll that's kicked out to Patrick Beverly, who just holds the ball for four seconds and then chucks up a three without dribbling. Highly contested. LeBron has the ball with about 12 seconds on the shot clock on a different possession, dribbles it out until the shot clock's winding out, takes a contested three. Um, Another possession, Anthony Davis takes a contested corner three. Like, late game execution was bad. 
no, that was the third quarter one. Oh. Um, um, which was hilarious that Nurk just like, I, I don't even need to think about you shooting this. Yeah. Um, but like late game execution across the board on both sides of the ball was abysmal for the entire team. You know what I mean? And so like it, it one, I understand the question about like, why does Russ care? Or why would, what's the incentive for Russ to care in, yeah. in, in these moments? But like, Again, like we can't just look at that particular moment in a vacuum without analyzing everything that led up to that moment. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. that's the singular defining moment of last night. That and the little I I don't know Lillard and Grant pick whichever one you want as yeah. the defensive laps that you want to um, contribute to the loss last night. But like the one thing that's going to stand out is the bad shot that was taken that n- didn't need to be taken. You know what I mean? If he makes the shot, we're probably not having this conversation. But Considering how poorly he shot all year, it's not a it's not the best shot to be taking. It's um, it's also and, it's also I think like the reason people are ang- like f- get more angry at the stuff that Russ does is because he's the only thing that can be fixed here or removed. You know, he's yeah, the, the only, only, solution. only thing that can. Yeah, he's the only he's the only piece that can be moved to like have an immediate yeah um, impact on wins and losses. Yeah, but. One that 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 move does not necessarily mean that wins and losses are going to start coming mm-hmm. because there are glaring um, holes up and down the roster right now from the front yeah. court to the back court. Um, but also, it's like um, a, a part of what's been challenging for me um, as someone who is a fan of the Lakers and a fan of Russell Westbrook and who can look at things objectively. Um, obviously if you follow me on Twitter, you would not believe that I look at this objectively ever. (laughs) Um, but like a a part of what's been frustrating for me is that like this team was not built by Russell Westbrook, but Rob Palenka and LeBron James built this team. If we're going to be completely honest, um, Russell Westbrook did not have any hands in building the pieces around this team. Once he was brought in, he Mm -hmm. had no say in whether or not he was traded this off season. Um, and again, like LeBron shooting 25%, AD shooting 20%, Lonnie Walker shooting 17%, um, Patrick Beverly, 21%, Austin Reeves, 28%, Kendrick Nunn, 23%, you know, you go up and down the roster, like, like Russ as a point guard, I believe like in terms of distributing and facilitating the ball to wide open teammates has done what he needs to do. Um, on the defensive end, we have seen the best effort from him through three games and probably any in any three game stretch that we've seen last season. You know, mm-hmm. he, he was bad on that side of the ball, obviously. Um, and so, like, it, it's one of those things. Um, and I think I'm getting a little bit off topic. So, like, I'll bring it back to the human element of the thing, because, like, the other part of the question was, like, the teammates, you know what I mean? And what incentive do they have to, like, really um, – work work now knowing that a trade is trade is coming in the future mm-hmm. if they're paying attention at all to like some of the reports that are coming out the lakers may not make a trade until they're 25 percent of the way through the season yeah um and if you wait until you're a quarter of the way through the season the season is gone so yeah. they have to start winning now if they want to play for something later in the season you know yeah and so that's their incentive right now this is a basketball team that like has started off the season playing two of the top teams in the Western Conference and, and has, the playoff team. Yeah. 
a, 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 a Blazers team that just got um, Damian Lillard back and he looks focused and, and ready to do what it is that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're the rest, like their upcoming schedule over the, like the next five to seven games is very challenging. And so like, this is a team that one knows that a trade is going to be coming, but also knows that like, if you start off the season, like, oh, and seven, oh, and 10, oh, and 15, your season is cooked, you know? Yeah. And so like, Regardless of how you feel about Russell Westbrook, if you're LeBron James or Anthony Davis or Kendrick Nunn or Austin Reeves, like you still have a responsibility to see beyond um, the time in which Russell Westbrook um, exists on this roster. You know, it, it, it is your responsibility as a member of the Lakers who will remain on the team to do what you can to work it out with this man. Um, to acquire as many wins, to acquire as much rhythm, to to, um, get as good a feel for Darvin Ham's system as possible while he's here so that when you do have these other pieces who come in who are not going to be ex-superstars that are going to require to have the ball in their hand um, all of the time, um, that they can be put into a place in which that that they can um, succeed. Um, obviously yeah. there's going to be like a piece that's going to be missing, but like Russ is ob- um, also playing way fewer minutes this year that, than he did last year. Um, his usage rate is down. Um, and, and that's something that like I would talk about, um, in a different conversation, because like, I do think that like, there were a lot of good things in the Warriors game in which LeBron was pay- playing off the ball with Russ on the court. And I mm-hmm. saw a lot of really good sets that came out of that. Um, but regardless, like, if you're the Lakers and you're not West- Russell Westbrook, you still have a responsibility to think about what happens beyond his time here. Yeah, um, I, and, and, I I agree. Like objectively, yeah. that's that's all true. Yeah. the The thing with the human element aspect of it is that it's not logical. It's not. It's not objective. It's not. You well, know. Well, the thing is, like it it is logical, but like they're they're like they can't like there's the emotion that you can't control. Yeah. You know, like it is so like like the like all of us have like these, these um, push and pull triggers about like um, who we are as a person and how we feel on our day-to-day basis um, versus like the logical um, sense that we have towards like, all right, right. like you were talking about um, earlier with like your kids and golfing, like emotionally, I feel like I'm a little bit handcuffed in the things in which um, I want to do for myself. But logically I understand that yeah. like, I have my kids that I have to place as a priority right now. And so that's what everyone is going to have to deal with. But also, if we're going to talk about like the money that Russell Westbrook is making, we also have to like take in consideration that like all of these men are millionaires and that mm-hmm. they have a job and a responsibility to take, oh, for sure. to take care of. Um, and, and so like, it's easy to understand the frustration that comes with um, not necessarily Russell Westbrook, like being on the court, but like, the uncertainty of the future, the uncertainty of like what the ro- roster is going to look like um, once he's gone, the uncertainty of like um, how long it's going to take for that to get done, and the uncertainty of like what the team's record and, and future prospects look like once he is gone. And, and so there's like a tremendous number of layers that um, each individual person on this team probably has to process um i'm not sure how often they're thinking about these things in real time because like 
I, I, I find it hard to believe that like once they're in the midst of a game, that these are the things that they're thinking about. Oh, for and, sure. Yeah. They're just playing basketball. I mean, if you're looking at their shooting percentages, maybe they are, you know, like <laughs> if I was, <laughs> if I was thinking about like, they're just out there teammate, thinking yeah. of having an existential <laughs> crisis and that's why they can't make, they can't make I, threes. I mean, that, that, that could be, I'll like, take the explanation. <laughs> <laughs> the team, the team needs a therapist right now and the numbers are going to go up. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Hey man, I, I, I appreciate you hopping on here mm-hmm. and, and talking about this stuff. Um, for your sanity, I hope that Russell Westbrook gets traded. I, yeah. I, I like for your sanity, for well, for my sanity also. Um, I, I just, I, I just think for everybody involved, like this, this should have been resolved at the beginning of the off season. Yeah, that exit interview that he had, where he was asked if he felt like you know Russ was allowed to be Russ, and he was like, no, those guys are lying. They didn't really, you know. Mm-hmm. That that was the end. That was yeah. it. You know, the, 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 if the bridge wasn't completely burnt over, you know, you had to play some really good hopscotch to get back across that bridge. And it's just like, just let that bridge walk, you know, float down the river. Just let, let yeah. you know, finish burning it off. Everybody move, go their separate ways and continue your, your, your careers in, in, in however you see fit. But, you know, I, I just think like, too much damage has been done here to the relationship between Russ and Lakers fans. And, and I just saw it like the fact that on, on game one, I, I think they got booed in game one of the preseason, you know, Lakers mm-hmm. fans are just, they're just, they're done with this, with this roster as he resides on it. And yeah. I, you know, we have seen, we have seen Kobe overcome being booed in at the beginning of a season and then yeah. actually at the end of that game he he started the game being booed and he finished the game getting mvp chance right yeah. when he was um demanded his trade and you know the the difference there is that kobe has quite a bit of credit with the lakers fan base that yeah. russ never had um i just you know I, this is and i wrote about this on friday and i you know i read it on on you know on, on the lowdown last night um the most annoying and frustrating part of all of this is the person like Russ has to deal with the day to day. He mm-hmm. has to show up and he has to go through practices. He has to go through walkthroughs, shoot arounds, and he has to go through press conferences after the fact and, and, and answer for all of this stuff. The person who doesn't have to face any of that noise is the person who created the situation in, yeah. in Rob Polinka. He does. He he's done one press conference two, I think total, um, since he, uh, you know, did the Russell Westbrook trade and and maybe three. And, you know, the vast majority of his, of his appearances are on Lakers sanctioned platforms, right? You know, whether it's on spectrum, whether it's on ESPN, Mm -hmm. whether it's ESPN radio, whatever, but like in terms of answering questions from independent journalists, Rob doesn't do that. Russ has to. And I think that's the most unfair part of all of this is, is if you're going to, if you're going to fuck this up the way that he did, and compound those problems by once again making those same mistakes in building the roster this second offseason. You are the person who should have to talk to people about this stuff. Not Russ, not LeBron, not the people who are trying to make it, not Darvin Ham, the rookie coach who's who's trying to make this work. You. And and I and I think, you know, that's the part it's it sucks that we've gone fifty-two minutes and we're just now making this point. 
And I think that is kind of indicative of the problems that we're talking about. Yeah. But but that at the end of the day, like until he actually does this job, this is the, this is the situation everybody is is kind of stuck in and trying to make the best of. I just don't know what the best of making the best of this looks like, and yeah. if it's if you know how long that's that's sustainable. But yeah, um, yeah. Just one last thing I'll leave yeah. you with: um, this Lakers team since LeBron has joined has had one very good season. Yeah. You know? uh, before the title years, LeBron was on teams that were not optimized for his talent there was that one year where the kids like were playing out of their mind and a lot of injuries happened we don't mm-hmm. that wasn't a title team but that was a team that like, it was, a fun it was really fun um there are so many things wrong with how this organization is being run right now yeah um and i know russell westbrook's part of it seems like the biggest story but if we go back to not even just like the start of LeBron's tenure, but like toward the end of Kobe's tenure with the, with the Lakers, like this team has been run abysmally. And I'm the kind of person who does not give a shit about like how teams, how organizations run their teams. Like I just want to watch the game and then like be done yeah. with the sport. Um, um, and, and so like, but they're so me, bad. You can't help it. Yeah. And, and so like for me, like, as a person who really loves Russell Westbrook, um, I do, I, I have felt that like a lot of the hatred or a lot of the vitriol, um, yeah, that fans have had for Russ over these this last season plus a few games or whatever um, is also related to how the team is covered, you know. Mm. Um, I, I do think that there is probably some responsibility from the beat reporters to the national reporters on covering the team and the issues um, that are beyond what's the easiest story to write about. And I yeah. don't think that the team has been covered fairly from the standpoint of LeBron James and Anthony Davis, from the coaching, um, from you know Russell Westbrook himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think there are things... The, the issues are far and wide. And it, and it seems like there's only one issue that's repeatedly covered um, mm-hmm. at high volume, you know? And, and so I do think that, like, yes, he has deserved a lot of the criticism. He has deserved a lot of the coverage. Um, and, and to be frank, he has not made it incredibly easy on himself. Yeah. Um, but um, at, as, as a journalist you know at the athletic at espn at usa today um whatever large publication in which you have a large platform to reach mass audiences um i do think that there were things last year on the court that could have been louder about lebron james that could have been louder about anthony davis during the time in which he was healthy um that could have been at the beginning of the year yeah (laughs) that could have been about like frank vogel and the way in which he was um um creating his lineups like the the number of things in which we could or i should have been reading about this team um are next to nothing compared to like what i've read about russell westbrook and so yes he's been very bad um but he hasn't been so bad to where like he deserves 90 percent of the coverage of the sport you know um or of the team i should say so um yeah, I, I think that's just like 
from a fan of his, that's where the biggest frustration has been with me and seeing how that coverage has bubbled up into the hatred coming from the fan base. In reality, you know, he's been on the team to where, like, he's also a player who needs to be surrounded by shooters, you know. And you have two of the most prolific um, distributors over the last 15 years, and they're distributing it to people who cannot shoot yeah better than i can you know what i mean um and so yeah that that's that's kind of the the last thing i wanted to yeah i think i think like another way to look at that is russ i think is is kind of the end result of organizational ineptitude right Mm -hmm. and like a a smart organization if you're going to make a russell westbrook trade part of the math that you have to do is all right how do we fix this if it doesn't work you know how do we is there is there an exit door is there a door that we could slide out of to to not make it so that we're just stuck in a bad situation as the lakers have been right and and the lakers clearly didn't do that the lakers clearly didn't see like okay so if we trade for russell westbrook and this doesn't work there has to be some way for us to fix this and they didn't and and it's clear they haven't because they haven't found that door. They haven't slipped yeah. through that door. And, and you know, I, I spend uh, quite a bit of energy, honestly, on, on the inner workings of the Lakers and why there are things that fall through the cracks. Like Le- LeBron James is seen as the GM because the Lakers don't employ a GM. <laughs> right. Like they have, they have a vice president of basketball operations who also is technically their general manager. Because when Magic Johnson stepped down, they never filled that role. Um, and and like that, the fact that an NBA team doesn't have an actual general general manager is insane. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. And and you know when when people like when I write when I try to write this stuff, I do try to like offer as much context as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. And and part of the context that I'm offering is he's the he's the loudest issue with the lakers on the court right now but the reason that the lakers haven't been able to make up for it is because their front office is headed up by kurt rambis like he's kurt rambis is potentially the most powerful basketball person in the lakers organization and we're wondering here why the lakers might not make the smartest moves all the time This is this is what we're we're, we're asking questions about. Okay, um, we were having we almost ended up with him as the head coach this year. So I guess like at the end of the day, we should feel blessed. To like, yeah, exactly. he's only, he's only pulling pulling strings behind the scenes. Instead yeah, of I think he's in charge it. of their social media. Um, no. All right, <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, we do got to go. I, I yep. thank you very much, though, Philip, for hopping on here. I, you're mm-hmm. always welcome to come on here. And, and operate as the head of PR for, for Russ. I, I you know it's it's there we go. There are takes that that need to to make their way out there publicly that stand up for this dude. Um, and I do honestly think that like a, the vast almost basically everything that you have said has been really fair in even as it's painted with with rust colored glasses. But like I think I just think it goes back to Laker fans don't care. Like Lakers fans don't want to hear it anymore, yeah. and that to me is like the problem. Like the whole the whole like is Russ in the huddle thing was also interesting because it's like he's technically been doing this his whole career, which mm-hmm. is weird, still weird. But like 
the reason fans care more about it now is because they want this guy gone. You know, yeah. the whole the whole like Russ coming off the bench or hurting his hamstring, all that stuff, and whether or not he faked the injury and stuff. Like, like people care because they want him gone, and that isn't changing anytime soon. Unless unless all of a sudden he becomes Buddy Heald from three, and and in which case, like then then the Lakers get really good. So, and you guys will never hear the end of it from me if you start shooting forty. <laughs> Like never. <laughs> um, all right, man. Well, right. well. Thanks again, dude. I'll, I'll talk to you soon. And um, and yeah, man. Take care. All right. Thanks, everyone.